You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. You're listening to Orange and Blue Bloods. Hosted by EJ Stewart and Tommy Beard. Let's get to it, New York. Knicks live to fight another day. They beat the Miami Heat in Game 5 at Madison Square Garden, 102 103. New York trailed by as much as 10 points in the first quarter after some ghastly shooting. Uh, turned things around a big way in the second quarter. New York uh, outscored the Heat 36-23 in the second quarter. That was a major shift in this game. Jalen Brunson, who led all scorers in this game, like I said, with a 38.48 minute masterclass, scored 14 points in that second quarter. RJ Barrett scored 10 points in that second quarter. He finished with 26. Julius Randle also started to turn it around in that second quarter. He had a nice bounce-back game overall. He had a very poor performance in the first quarter. It looked like it was going to be another disaster class from Randle. He rebounded to come back and, and finish with 24 points in this one. New York dominated much of the third quarter, coming out of the halftime, pushed leads up to as high as 19. Miami would storm back in the fourth quarter. Duncan Robinson, Kyle Lowry hitting some big threes. They also missed some big threes that would have put Miami – a tie or head in this game down the stretch. Jalen Brunson, another big quarter in the fourth. He had 10 in the fourth quarter. Clutch free throws from Mitchell Robinson, of all people. He went three for four down the stretch. RJ Barrett had some big free throws to seal the win. And the Knicks continue their season. So the story of this game, of course, has got to begin with Jalen Brunson. When you think of all-time great Knicks performances in the playoffs, does Brunson's rise up to that level with some of the greatest? I know we have guys who have won championships, but I mean, maybe you take those outside of that. Where's Brunson's performance ranking in your eyes? Yeah, I, I I understand the enthusiasm, and he deserves a ton of credit. I probably will hold off on on putting it near the the very top of the list. Um, you know, this was a, a game five of a second round series in which the Knicks were down three um, one. Huge game, important game. Um, but you know, we're talking about game sevens of NBA finals, yeah. and you know, even Eastern Conference finals deciding games. Um, I was thinking about Starks on the road going to Indiana in '94. Um, yep. You know, games like that that kind of get lost in the shuffle. But uh, you know, when, when you know you talk about a team making it to the finals and, and um, games like that, so um, you know, and 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 Grimes' steal was amazing. We'll talk about oh, that. Yeah. But I heard people compare it to, you know, Starks' dunk and Willis, you know, in, in terms of, um, you know, Willis limping out of the tunnel and LJ's four-point play in, in the grand scheme of things. So um, try not to be a prisoner of the moment in that respect. Um, but, uh, you know, that, that kind of out of the way, um, strictly focusing on last night, um, really impossible to overstate um, just how much respect, you, you know, Brunson earned from from Nick fans. Um, and again, you know, we're, when you're comparing him to the, uh, the immortal teams of the 70s and those moments, yeah. and those games, and even the, the great teams from the 90s that constantly went to conference finals and, and the NBA finals, et cetera. Um, you know, the, we, as we know, this team doesn't have many of those type of moments in the last two decades, this century, right. which makes Brunson's uh, performance really stand out 
as well it should. Um, you know, strictly in terms of numbers, uh, the only the second player um, with more than 35 points, more than six rebounds, more than uh, more than six assists in a playoff game in Knicks history. Uh, the first was the the aforementioned Will Clyde Frazier in Game Seven of the 1970 NBA Finals, um, and it's just it, it really speaks to how how well um, you know. It, it just it was the kind of the culmination of the turnaround of the franchise, um, and I thought this game was important. And we'll get into it later in the pod, later in the summer. Um, if the Knicks had lost this game, and they were remember mm. they were down twenty four fourteen after the first quarter, yeah. Randall was a no show again, was in the zombie mopey mode. It's bizarre, the whole thing. It really, and we talked about it. I thought for sure the Knicks. It was imperative that the Knicks get off to a fast start. Be coming out of the 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 the, the, the disaster that was Game Three and four Miami team seemed flat. Um, and it looked like this thing was really trending in a really terrible direction. The Knicks had lost game five. Um, certainly if they had gotten blown out in game five, so much of the positive momentum that they had built up over the first, um, uh, you know, six months over the past six months, it, obviously all wouldn't be lost. There'd still be so much to take away from, and there's a, there'd be lots to, to be proud of, but it would leave fans with a bitter taste in their mouth hanging into the off season. Um, I think this really puts the Knicks in a, in a, in a much better place overall. Um, and, and a lot of that has to do with Jalen Brunson. We'll talk about Grimes, um, another dude who played 48 minutes. Um, Randall bouncing back in, in the second quarter, end of the second quarter was huge. Yeah. We'll be changing the momentum of the game by infusing it with energy um, was huge. Um, and of course, RJ Barrett, uh, for the biggest free throws of his life, the final two minutes of a closeout elimination game, knocked down all four of them. Mitch making three of his final four free throws um, and and five of, uh, four of six in the fourth quarter when they went to hack a Mitch um, deserves a ton of credit. So um, a lot to discuss, but I think we're definitely right to start with Brunson as he was, he's been the key piece, kind of the captain and the leader of the ship uh, for, for the entire season. And he led them out of really troubled waters last night. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not and, as uh, simple you know, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many you know, more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Yeah, I mean, the reason why I, I have no problem talking about Brunson's playoff game last night as being an all-timer for the Knicks is because of kind of what you said regarding the fact that this is a team that hasn't had these moments in so long. I almost think, and maybe it's unfair, but I almost think when I think about all-time great performances with this franchise, because so many of them happened so long ago, I think we kind of have to have a different kind of like measuring stick for what's an all-time performance. To me, it's almost That's like... Fair. You know, prior to when the Yankees won in 96, you know, saying, well, every moment happened in the playoffs didn't matter because of what they did, you know, with, you know, Reggie Jackson and Mickey Mantle and Babe Ruth and Rogie Berra. At a certain point, you say, look, you got to acknowledge some of these other great performances, even if they didn't result in championships or whatever. In some ways, like these kind of like begin the turn towards maybe a, a winning kind of stretch and a winning era that Nick's trying but, to enter. But so, I, yeah, I'll just I'll just kind of that quickly by. The Jeter flip play on Giambi 
what like in other words if the Knicks if the Yankees go on to lose that game it doesn't right. matter as much if they, but yeah no you're right it's because they went on to win the World Series so that's why I said let's just see kind of what happens but I, I totally understand your point yeah and that's a fair that's a fair point as well but I mean when I think of Jalen Brunson playing all 48 minutes which is something that I felt like we didn't talk about, but I felt like was going to be very possible yep. in what we saw the last game where, again, no, nothing, nothing due to Bride did wrong, but you just saw the offenses had no chance once he went out there. That a 48-minute performance on an ankle that we now know is, like, really not good. Like, Ian Bagley, shout out to him. He's done some very extensive reporting on the fact that this guy has been getting, like, 24-hour treatment just to get him out there. Plenty of games they didn't think he'd be able to play. So he has that performance for 48 minutes on a bum ankle. And mind you, the Heat are picking him up full court. I mean, this is not like the Heat are allowing him to get into his stuff or they're not. I mean, they are just hounding him. And to be there last night and see Gabe Vincent in his grill all 94 feet. And for Brunson to do that with your team on the brink of elimination after your team starts off so poorly. I mean, Knicks play the first quarter like a team that was ready to hit Cancun. And for him to say, no, we're not going to Cancun. We're, we're going to go south, but not that far south. We're going back to Miami because I'm, I'm going to will you guys to this W. It was special. And it was a special performance being there to watch it. It was a pleasure to be in there to watch that performance from Jalen Brunson. He really kind of cemented himself as a guy that I look at now and say, okay, he's a championship cornerstone. That's what I looked at. That's how. That's what I take from this game is regardless of where it ranks amongst the all-time performances, I say, okay. That is a point guard I know I can win a championship with. That guy puts on that performance with your back against the wall, all the pressure in the world given, even though you can say, well, what do they have to lose? Like, you know, they're already down 3-1 and nobody's expecting much from them. It's New York City. It's the Knicks. If they lose that game, I mean, people already want to throw out Randall, want to throw out Tibbs. He would have been fine, but there would have been a lot of heat coming, no pun intended, coming for the Knicks heading into this offseason, despite how good a season it had been. The Knicks had to win that game. And for Brunson to do that, under that pressure, that's a guy you can win a championship with. And that is a major statement, and I couldn't agree more. And it's it, having a point guard in today's NBA is incredibly valuable. You know, it's like when you draft a quarterback, you don't know what you're going to get. You know, you take him in the first, first, second overall pick, um, you know, Darnold or Zach Wilson, or you get him in the second round, um, you know, like the Eagles and, 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 uh, uh, Jalen Hurts. You know, you just, yeah. you, there's no guarantees out there, but when you see it, you see it. And, uh, you know, obviously, you know, there's a long way to go and a lot of other things that have to happen. And the roster most likely has to be fiddled with and flipped around and changed yeah. a little bit here and there. We'll talk about Randall plenty um, over this offseason. But the Knicks have a foundational cornerstone piece. And look at the last 10, 15, 20 championships, really, you know, going back 30, 40 years. If you don't have a quality point guard, um, it, it's very, very difficult to win an NBA championship, you know, unless you have a LeBron James type who is essentially served as a point guard for the yeah, majority exactly. of the teams that he played for, um, you know, Steph Curry's and, and you know, going on the list, even at the Bucks with Drew Holiday was was an essential piece. Yeah, Tony, you know, Tony Parker with the, with the Spurs. Enormous, you know, all Duncan and Manu and all those guys were key pieces. Um, yeah. but, but Parker was the tone setter, you know, got, got, yeah. you know, got the offense, it, it facilitated the offense. Um, you just it's it's imperative to find it. The Knicks found it. Um, I would be lying if I wasn't chuckling to myself after the game ended last night, thinking about Mark Cuban somewhere in Texas and, and, <laughs> and, and, and Doncic somewhere in uh, Slovenia 
watching the game, just shaking their head, be like, what happened? Like, what did we do? Um, but, you know, another man's uh, one person's mistake is 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 the Knicks fans gold uh, at the end of the tunnel. So uh, and Knicks fans know that more than anyone else. And we've talked about it at infinitum, um, the, all the struggles at point guard position um, to have Brunson in a Knicks uniform. You know, I tweeted at like two o'clock. There was a there was a pregame presser. Um, uh, uh, after the, you know, um, Brunson and a, I think it was a Barrett, a couple other guys talked to the media after Wednesday morning shoot around. Yeah. Um, and, and Barrett's quote, you know, they asked him about the pressure of, of playing in a, you know, a game five, potentially a season ending. And his response was, we worked all off season players worked their entire lives to get to a moment like this. Um, and I, and I just tweeted it like, the Knicks have a chance to win three straight games miraculously, you know, yeah. uh, advance to the Eastern Conference Finals because of Jalen Brunson. And if they do it, it'll probably be because of Jalen Brunson. And my God, did he deliver? Um, and it was because of Jalen Brunson that we're here um, discussing a game five victory and looking forward to a game six. I think, and I want to get to RJ too in a second, but I think what makes the reason why I'm so excited about this Brunson performance and why I say this guy is a championship cornerstone is now this guy is a postseason player. Like any thought that what you saw last season in the postseason and what was somewhat like he played great the whole postseason, but that time when Johnson was out, kind of a limited time where you got to see him kind of explode against the Utah Jazz. You say, okay, maybe that was just Utah Jazz. It's like now we now know when it comes to the ranking the best postseason players in the NBA, Jalen Brunson is probably in that top 10. He has to be at this point. So when you got that kind of player who you know when the chips are down and you need big moments you need big performances that this guy consistently delivers you mentioned the Derek Jeter comparison which you've made a lot during this uh during this entire season that's what I see when I watch Jalen Brunson he may not be a top 10 player in a regular season but when it's right. playoff time this guy is money and he was again uh just nails last night again 48 minutes one turnover there were a lot of other guys had a lot of turnovers they had 18 for the game and that was a problem but one turnover for your point guard you can survive, honestly, a lot of those other turnovers if your point guard who's running the ball that much and taking the ball, carrying the ball that much, isn't turning it over. So, again, just I can't say enough about Jalen Brunson's performance, but you mentioned R.J. Barrett's quotes, and I think R.J. Barrett, it's time for him to really get a lot of flowers, too. This guy, again, that quote, I thought was kind of a big-time statement to make going into this game. I remember two years ago when he got asked by Mark Berman famously, you know, what are you going to do if you lose this game to the Hawks? He said, we're going to win this game. It's a stupid-ass question. And, you know, he didn't back it up. I kind of liked the moxie from him, getting annoyed with the fact that people were asking about losing. And then two years later, he gets asked, you know, uh, you know, kind of not the same question because not too many people ask questions like Berman. But he got in a similar ilk and him kind of still saying, this is what we live for. This is what, what we're built for. This is what we work for. Like, we, we, we want these moments. And Again, like this was not a perfect game. Like I think he kind of took the team out of the rhythm. Well, the refs took them out of the rhythm. He had some terrible fouls called on him. But he gets two fouls early. He's got to come out. Nick's offense never really got going. For him to come back in that second quarter and know immediately he had to get going along with Brunson, that really helped steady the ship. And, I mean, since the first two games against Cleveland where he was a no-show, I mean, he's played excellent basketball pretty much the entire way. He's had maybe one bad game, you'd say maybe game three against Miami. Otherwise, he's been great pretty much the rest of the postseason. So when we think about where RJ stands in kind of the Knicks landscape for to present and the future, I think how he's played this postseason is also going to be considered because he was clutch. He made two big free throws. How many four, four big free throws? How many free throws did he miss during the course of his 
years here in New York where you're like, man, he would have made those free throws. Knicks would have won or he cost them a game. Like now he goes to the line. I kind of expect him to make him. That's a, that's a, that's a lot for his growth so far. Um, incredible. Yeah. There was points where he was shooting sub 70% for months and, and half a season. And there was the question, yeah. you know, can he ever be a good scorer? Um, you know, there were players saying that he, they were pundits, uh, with large platforms saying that he should have been benched, not play at all after game two of the Cleveland series. Um, and for him to come back and establish himself, um, you know, uh, as, as one of the players you can rely on in a postseason series, um, is, is, is really phenomenal. Um, I was just looking at it this, uh, this morning. Um, there's 20 players in NBA history that have averaged more than 20 points in the first 10 games of a postseason, um, age 22 or younger. Uh, Barrett's on that list. Um, you know, only a few players of recent ilk, uh, Morant, Doncic, Tatum, uh, Derrick Rose, Kevin Durant, LeBron. Um, mm-hmm. So, you know, those are, those are the kind of names that he's put himself in the company with. Um, obviously not as well-rounded as those guys, um, but you don't need him. You know, if he, he, again, if he can slide and slot into his role, the Knicks aren't paying him max money. Um, you know, if he can slot into his role as a, um, th- uh, as a solid contributor and efficient offensive player that contributes on the boards and also on the defensive end. And that's really been talked about. I thought that the free throws obviously were the, the, the cherry on top of the Sunday. Um, but his defensive effort against um, Butler w- was, was impressive at times. And he's had to guard a bunch of different guys. Also shout out to the Grimes. Not only did he play 40 minutes, but held mostly largely Jimmy Butler to 19 yeah. in the process. Um, and, and one other thing uh, on Brunson, just cause I was looking it up as you were talking, um, yeah. there are 10 players um, with at least 250 points uh, averaging over 25 points, five rebounds, five assists this postseason. Jokic, Tatum, LeBron, Durant, Curry, Butler, Devin Booker, and Jalen Brunson. Those, those are the there names. <laughs> top um, 10, top 10 playoff player. I mean, and, what, at this point, what about, what, what more do we got to see? And when you factor it in the importance of his points and rebounds and yeah. assists in the for the Knicks, when their leading score has been MIA for quarters, halves, games at a time, um, it really and and the, and the second best player, um, you know, is, is a 22 year old RJ Barrett, and they've gotten so little from Josh Hart, and IQ is wasn't here when he was here offensively, and, and has yeah. been out for a while. So for the Knicks to even advance to a game six, um, uh, Brunson just the fourth player in Knicks history to score 30 plus points. Three times in the same series, joining Bernard King, Amari, and um, Patrick Ewing. So, um, so much good stuff to go around. Um, really, really impressive performance. And when we think about, for me, like what changed from game four, really game three and game four, compared to game five. Number one, I thought, I thought they, the first of all, that he started missing some shots. And that helped the Knicks. The Knicks played with a lot more effort, I thought, defensively. For as a whole, Randall didn't start off great defensively, but I thought everyone else would seem much more in tune than they were in the games of Miami. But uh, he started to kind of remember they're not a good three point shooting team because you would have thought this team was the Warriors, given what we saw in some of these games, uh, you know, the, the some of the games in New York earlier in the series and then game four in Miami. Uh, he started to miss, but Nick started to make them miss, which was important. I thought also, um, as you mentioned, Jimmy Butler kept them under control with Grimes guarding him, in, and I think. Some ways I kind of forgot, and I think a lot of people forgot because of how great Josh Hart played against Donovan Mitchell. Quentin Grimes is a better defender than Josh Hart. Like he's quicker, um, he's not as strong, but but he 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 moves laterally better. He can guard multiple positions better. Like he's been a better defender than Josh Hart all season. I think the way Quentin Grimes has played in the postseason has kind of 
made you feel all right, Hart's the old reliable. Let's go with him. When now we kind of saw like he's the better matchup against Jimmy. And Jimmy in the post game, I thought it was interesting. I expected him, and you never know. He's a guy who definitely plays mind tricks and whatever. So I, I don't take everything he says at face value. But you know, they kind of asked him, like, you know, what was the deal with this performance? And he said, Look, I just went out there and made the right basketball plays. Uh, you know, so I'm, I'm not trying to get 40 and 50 every game. I'm gonna go out there and make the right basketball plays, and whatever happens, happens. If it means I score six, I score six. I heard that, and I was like, So you really thought that that performance was good? Like, I mean, the Knicks will take that performance a hundred times in Miami. That's what they get from Jimmy Butler in game six. So if you're telling me that with the Knicks not doubling as much as what we talked about and Grimes guarding him one on one, that that's what Grimes can force Butler into, that will make you feel very confident about the Knicks maybe finding a way to steal a game on the road. So I think keeping Butler under control, they eliminated a lot of the easy stuff. There weren't these runouts. They had some early issues with the offensive glass, but they kind of cut that out uh, starting in the second quarter. They just kind of didn't give Miami a lot of easy ones. They made Miami work offensively every possession. And newsflash, this is not a good offensive team. So when you make them work every possession, you're not giving them a million second chances. You're not giving them free runouts with Kevin Love throwing the ball 70 feet down the court. This team has to work offensively. They're not all that. And I think the Knicks finally were able to kind of lean on their defense here, and it was finally good to see. Um, G, uh, Quinn Grimes per NBA.com uh, tracking data has been matched up with uh, Jimmy Butler for 200, uh, I'm sorry, for 22.36 minutes, um, a total of 94 possessions. Uh, in the on the, in those 94 possessions, Jimmy Butler is just five of 17 from the floor. It's 29.4 percent, and has scored 16 points. Um, he's also dished out eight assists, so he's he's found other ways to contribute. But um, that's the also it should be noted. I'm just looking at it here. Um, Donovan Mitchell was three of 11 when uh, Quinn Grimes was the primary defender yeah. on him in the cap series. So to your point, got guys an elite defender. Yeah. Um, as as far as um, differences between games. Uh, for you know the Miami games and, and back in New York, um, to me I thought the the effort level increased and that kind of manifested itself in a couple different ways. One, loose balls, Knicks yep. uh, driving to the floor, getting loose balls, deflections, things along those lines. Um, outside of the again the flat lackluster first quarter um, where they you know Randall didn't box out Kevin Love on one of the one of the occasions and, yep. and there were some other issues on that end. Um, but overall, Knicks with a plus sixteen rebound advantage. Um, it's 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 not that simple, but game two, Knicks win, uh, out rebound the Heat by sixteen. Game three, Knicks lose, out rebounded. Game four, Knicks lose, out rebounded by eleven. Game five, Knicks win, they out rebound the Heat by sixteen again. So they're plus thirty two in the two wins, um, and minus in the in in the uh, two losses. You know, it's it's a good indicator of of again limiting possessions, also attacking the offensive glass. Um, so I thought those were probably the the two big standouts in terms of uh, points of delineation. And it's a small thing, but what Tim said now, as annoying as that loss was, what Tim said was right after game four, which is that they were shooting all these three. They shot, I think, 40 plus threes in this game as well. And you had to mean these guys kind of just standing around or just kind of like loudly getting towards the front of the rim and they kept getting balls bounced over their heads. And Tib said that. He said, well, we're going towards the rim and the balls bouncing over their head because shooting long jump shots. So what you did see last night where you saw those guards, I mean, Brunson, I think he had, what, seven rebounds in this game? He had seven rebounds. Uh, he had a uh, uh, eight, nine rebounds. He had nine. RJ Barrett had seven. Like there were so many shots that went long, and those guys had to run in and get them. There were times in those Miami games where guys kept leaking out, 
and they kept just going trying to get easy baskets when this is a Heat team that is much more disciplined on the glass, so you can't afford to do that. You know, you, you know that was highlighted. You knew that was Had highlighted and underlined it on the whiteboard. Box the F out guards. On yeah, because yeah, you didn't see Kyle Lowry running in there, making an impact on the glass the way he did in that uh in that fourth quarter. He only had one rebound this game, so they, they completely shut him out. I can't watch that guy play. Like, I'm sorry. Like, that guy doesn't play basketball. Like, I mean, he's played great. I'm not, like, taking credit for taking, you know, I'm not trying to take away from what he's done in this series in terms of his shot making and his leadership and his floor general play. But just in terms of the flopping and the grabbing, like, it was really nice to see the Knicks actually kind of get him on his some of his own tricks. Because, like, watching him is just ridiculous. Like, he's looking to just throw himself on the ground every few plays to get calls. It's kind of ridiculous. But they kind of neutralized him. And I think that kind of neutralized his game. It didn't take him to the fourth quarter to finally start kind of get going because he's been killing Knicks for a lot of the series. Just Brunson, just talk about his impact. I mean, Lowry, uh, uh, three of eleven. You know, gave mm-hmm. Vincent three of ten. You, you know, uh, they they had nine fouls between them. Um, Brunson was matched up on Duncan Robinson for a lot of the night, which I thought was a terrible tactical decision. Yeah. So you can't give him too, too much credit for limiting those guys' shooting percentage. But obviously, those guys having to chase uh, Jalen Brunson ninety four feet is going to wear you out and take your legs exactly. on some shots. And um, why the Knicks don't set some really hard screens in the backcourt to free up Jalen Brunson. I don't know why the Knicks yeah. don't have RJ Barrett or somebody else dribble the ball up 10 feet and then hand it off to Jalen Brunson so we can initiate the offense. I don't know. It's something they need to do again. If he has the guy to play 48 minutes, help him, you know, right. the, yeah. the stress that he has to handle in those 48 minutes. Um, so we'll see if they can amend that going forward. I'll tell you what though, Tommy, like the times where RJ or Randall or, or Quentin Grimes had to drill the ball, it's very true. tenuous, very tenuous times. He kind of know those guys don't got great handles. They put a and lot of pressure Grimes, on them. Grimes has been some terribly careless turnovers too. It just something he needs he, to clean that up. He needs to work on his handle. His handle's not yeah. good. Like not. And it's I, crazy because like he because he, he always talks about how he grew up playing point guard. You know, growing up in in, in Texas and, right. and that he used high school. He was a point guard. Like I'm like that I don't I don't I told him I'm like how good a high school point guard was he maybe he scored a lot of points but I mean like his handle like I don't know if it's nerves but like they're t- I mean they're trying a fast break yesterday he's just dribbling up the court and he just loses the ball and falls down I'm like there's no reason <laughs> for that to happen so um he's got working handle a lot of these other guys got working their handle and that's going to be the the big task on the Miami because you know Miami's defense you would think would ratchet up a little bit a little more desperation home crowd behind them so it's going to be even harder for the Knicks to deal with that heat pressure. So everybody's going to have to take a much better care of the ball. You can't have 18 turnovers in Miami. They got away with it in New York, but 18 turnovers in Miami would probably be a loss. So that's one thing that definitely got to change. So um, and and of course uh, we we mentioned again the the steal by Grimes was epic uh, after getting injured by um, uh, Bam Adebayo on another illegal screen. Don't understand why the NBA can't seem to figure out what an illegal screen is, but the heat just get away with them and i don't know what to do I, again it reminds me of watching the old celtics where the kg yeah. and yep. big baby and if leon poe would just set a legal screen after the legal screen for a round at this point i don't know if it's worth complaining about but i mean a guy got hurt that's probably why i'm really annoyed about it but for grind to bounce back and still get a steal on that was great and again shout out to mitchell robinson because he answered the bell he had a terrible yep. terrible um game in miami he had two terrible games in miami really yes and yes. was a complete non-factor so i thought Maybe outside of Randall, maybe he might have been the guy with the most approved yes. uh, last night. And he stepped up. And Randall stepped up. Like, 
I didn't like anything I saw from him in the first quarter. Like he like the the clock was like winding down at the end of the first quarter. He's walking to the locker room. No one's following him. So I'm like, I'm like, where is he going? Like, what's going on? So like I I didn't didn't realize how bad his eye was. His eye's now swollen and he battled through that. So good for him. But uh he seemed to come back out onto the court in a much better headspace after he cooled off at the end of the bench. I was sitting right behind the bench. I'm seeing all this unfold. They were trying to talk to him. He don't seem to want to talk to nobody. Then he eventually got back with his teammates. And I thought the difference in Randall's game, I'll be honest, it might've been, I don't know if it was the second quarter or third quarter. And I don't know if they showed it on the, on the, on the, in, on the, the television broadcast. Brunson thought he got a raw deal on the call and he went after a referee. They did show that. They yeah. Did. He went after a referee. It was the second quarter when, when Randall yeah. was sitting and the Knicks were making yeah. a run. Yeah, he went after the referee in a, to, yes. where I, I can't believe he didn't get teed up. Right. And Randall was, yeah. was the one who pulled him away. And I, I'm talking to I'm, – I'm sitting there next to the WF fans, Keith McPherson. And I said, wow, Randall was the one who said that? And I said, maybe Randall thought, hey, man, that's my job. You don't you don't have to go after the rest and get thrown out and get teed <laughs> up. That's my thing. But I almost wonder if, like, seeing that kind of maybe reset Randall. Like, because he came back in the second quarter and was a lot different. Um, maybe kind of reset him, kind of put his attention on something else, getting his guy right because they knew he knew they were not winning that game unless Brunson was going to be an A plus game, which is what they got from him. So I think that might have been maybe a turning point in how he played because after that he was pretty solid. You know, a couple of turnovers, but otherwise, you know, he made his threes, he made good decisions, they moved the ball much better. The Knicks are starting to find stuff offensively against the Heat defense, which is a very good sign. Um, the, yeah, again, the Knicks down 24, scored 14 points the first quarter. That's the least amount of points scored in any quarter by any team in this series. I believe in this postseason, um, I'd have to check, but, uh, you know, and OB comes in, the Knicks immediately start flying. He gets a, um, Grimes hits a three pointer first possession, the second quarter, the next possession, Knicks get a stop. And then Brunson throws the oop to to OB crowd goes crazy. Um, you, you know, get a few more buckets and they tie the game with like, you know, four minutes into, into the second quarter. And I, my sense is that Randall saw that and said, Oh my God, I don't want to be the guy that cost the team this victory. And just as importantly, I thought that three pointer that's first, he started attacking the rim instead of settling for jumpers. When he came back, he got to the free throw line six times in the second quarter, made four of them. And then that fourth uh, Knicks tied 47, 47 um, final possession of the second quarter. Randall hits that, 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 that step back. back pointer um to yeah. give the Knicks a three-point lead and I think in just as importantly give Brandel a you know a sigh of relief maybe some confidence because as you've talked about many times he's a classic front runner when things are going yes. well when, when his <laughs> shots are falling he seems to compete on the defensive end exactly. and he's engaged and he's talking to his teammates um you know when when he's when he's in mopey mood and even when he scores he doesn't give his teammates that like on the way back to the free throw line he just just seems out of it um he started making shots um and again, credit to him, started the game one for seven um, and then made his final six shots of the game. Um, you know, and I think that was tied into him playing better on the defensive end. Yeah, I totally agree. So whatever it took for him to play that way, hopefully he can channel it in Miami because they're going to need him to play that way. Knicks win this one, game five, uh, 112-103 at the Garden. I will say real quick before we get to game six, I told you guys I was at the game. Shout out to, again to WF fans keep McPherson. He's the only reason why I was able to get to the game because no, I was not paying whatever it was going to cost to sit where I, we were sitting in that game. But uh, just for the people to understand, like, you know, we got a little bit of this ear to the ground when it comes to this Nick fandom. I'm sitting there at the Nick Lounge, chilling with Keith after the game. 
trying to convert him to the Knicks side. I know he's a he's a disgruntled Nets fan after losing KD and Kyrie. And, you know, Keith being the starter he is, he's getting people showing him love, people saying, hey, you know, I, I think I recognize you from WFN and stuff. And uh, we had a Knicks fan, I think his name was Eric, so shout out to Eric. He was like, hey, are you EJ? I'm like, yeah, I'm EJ. He's like, yo, I listened to the Orange and Blue Bloods podcast. I listened to it on the way to the Garden. And I, I love you guys' show. You and Tommy do a great job. And I was like, ah, oh, thanks, man. That was awesome. So, like, hey, man, we're making some inroads. We're making some inroads. I'm letting y'all know. People going to the Garden, listening to Orange and Blue Bloods, getting ready for this do-or-die game. And then they uh, they, they hitting us up. So that was that was really awesome here. So shout out to Eric. Great Knicks fan. Great dude. We got to chill with him at the bar for a little bit. Shout out to Nick fans that are listening. I know we do have people listening, people watching on YouTube. And keep us locked in, man. We ain't going nowhere because this has been uh, quite a ride. And hope the Knicks continue this ride because uh, this is this has made this this podcast special. Knicks having this this season so far. So um, thank you guys, the listeners, as always. But shout out to Eric. Wanted to make sure I, I made that uh, point out there that uh, we do have our ear to the street, and the streets is listening. It's one just want to just want to put it out there. So, DJ gonna need yeah. security at, at the guard. <laughs> no, I was I was like he's security. He was the guy that he was the guy that needed security. He was the guy that needed the picture. It was it was nice though. It was nice to know that 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 Nick fans are showing up up there and that they listen. And we know we get the numbers, but but um but that was that was dope. So shout out to Nick fans, shout out to the listeners who've been following us and 